This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So I recently got an email from a listener. Yes, you can send me emails. You can send them to podcast at zax.com. If you have a real pressing concern you want me to cover here on The Value Investor or whatever other issue may be going on, you can send them there. Or you can contact me on Twitter at uh, just my, at my name, at Tracy Reinick. I'm on Twitter or on StockTwits, same address, at Tracy Reinick. So contact me somewhere, but uh, I recently did get an email from a listener, as I just said, about investing in some of these SPACs that are happening. And they're happening by some value investing managers who are using the technique of the SPAC, which is like an IPO, but it doesn't go through all the regular regulatory issues that IPOs have. It's easier to do and you, you come public on the public market. So he asked me about Starboard Value. It's Starboard Value Acquisition Corp is the name of the SPAC. And Starboard Value is the underlying hedge fund that um, did the SPAC to raise money. So this uh, SPAC actually went public on the NASDAQ in early September. It's trading under the ticker SVACU. So it's a five letter ticker S, V as in Victor, A, C as in cat, U as in upside. And uh, they originally were gonna raise about 300 million, but they went a little bit bigger and did 360 million at the public offering. And it's led by CEO Martin McNulty Jr., who's a managing director of Starboard Value, that's the hedge fund, and Jeff Smith. He's the founder and CEO and also the managing member of Starboard. So they said in the filing that it will target technology, healthcare, consumer, industrials, hospitality, and entertainment companies. Now, this was a blank check company. So they did the SPAC to raise the money, but it doesn't actually own anything yet. It doesn't, doesn't do anything, but they're going to use the $360 million apparently to buy, it sounds like, one company, but we don't know yet what it is. So all we know is that these guys ran this other hedge fund, and Starboard Value, um, according to Whale Wisdom, has eight clients and 6.1 billion in assets under management. So they do have to file filings like the 13 Fs every quarter. And so we can see what they own. So I want to take a look at that because that might give you some idea of the direction that they're gonna take this now new company, Starboard Value Acquisition Corp with that ticker SVACU. And it gives you some ideas of what they look for, as I said, and what the valuations are of those underlying companies. So I took a look at their five largest holdings just to get, you know, a clearer picture here. And some of them are kind of interesting. So um, I'm going to dive into each one of these in their underlying portfolio. These are obviously um, positions they already have. And then we can, um, you know, continue to talk about whether or not you should be buying a company like this. Okay, so 
The largest holding that they have, it's now 17% of the portfolio, although they did sell some in the second quarter to reduce it a bit. I think it was at least 20%. Now they're at 17% is Norton LifeLock, which is Symantec. NLOK is the ticker. And that company right now has a PE of 15.8. So it is pretty cheap based on what everything else is going on in the market right now. It is paying a dividend yielding 2.4%. It has a peg ratio of 2.6. So earnings are expected to be up this year, up 47%, and then next year up 14%. These are the fiscal years. Year to date though, the shares are still down 18.5%. And then with this uh, now September sell-off that's going on here, they're down 8% in the last month. Norton has a 12 billion market cap, so it is a big cap company, and it's a Zacks number two buy right now. So yeah, Norton LifeLock is looking a bit like a value stock here, at least on a PE ratio. And if these shares continue to decline a bit here, they're going to get a little bit cheaper. Okay, that's in the tech side, I guess you would put it in, consumer tech side. Um, because it's doing all the antivirus stuff on, on your computer and all of that. Uh, number two holding is advanced auto parts, and that's 13% of the portfolio. Oh, one other thing, Norton LifeLock, it doesn't say when they originally bought it. It could be because of this merger and that kind of thing, so the data gets a little messed up. So I don't know when they originally bought that position, but advanced auto parts, AAP is the ticker. This was first bought in the third quarter of 2015, so they've had it a couple of years here. Again, it's 13% of the portfolio. That, that has a PE of 18 right now and a peg ratio of just 1.7. So both, again, aren't super crazy expensive. 2020 earnings only going to be up 1.5%. 2021, 12.7. So the pandemic is hitting the earnings here on advanced auto parts. 10 billion market cap, so it is a big cap company. Uh, year to date, the shares are down 6.9%. But if you expand out that chart and take a look at that chart, it did have a huge rally off the March lows, up 98% in the last six months in that rally. So massive rally, still down, still not back to those February highs. And over the last month, they have pulled back a bit on this weakness, down 4.5% over the last month. So advanced auto parts, interesting play here, but it has had this big run. It may get a bit cheaper here still. Uh, number three is an industrial, and it's AECOM, A-E-C-O-M. The ticker is A-C-M, as in Mary. And they are, according to the website, premier infrastructure firm. They do airports, transportation buildings, water, they built, uh, co-built SoFi Stadium that just opened in California, California, and One World Trade Center, the Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport Terminal 3 modernization. If you've been through that, you appreciate that. So this is that infrastructure um, engineering type of firm. PE right now, 18.6. The PEG is 1.5. So again, not super cheap, not... Uh, real expensive based on some of the other things going on. Uh, fiscal 2020 earnings expected to be down 24.7%. 
but fiscal 2021 seeing a nice rebound up 16.6 has a six billion market cap so it's a nice size mid-cap company here no dividend uh six or uh, year-to-date shares down 8.5 they are up over the six months off of those march lows up 54 percent and just to give some comparison, S&P 500 up 44% in that six month time period now. Over the last month, they have uh, gained some up 3%. So this is one that people are rotating into during the weakness we're seeing here in the tech names and the growth names and not selling necessarily. So they're up 3%, as I said, no dividend on this one, uh, but this is a, way to play the infrastructure play which could be big going forward here in the next few years whether or not you get a democrat or a republican in the white house there could be another uh, or a big infrastructure program coming soon so some of these firms could be beneficiaries of uh, that kind of spending so keep that in mind ticker acm um, and then their fourth biggest, let's see, ACM is 8% of their portfolio, and they only bought it in the second quarter of 2019. So they haven't owned it very long, only about a year and a half. Maybe they bought it too as a way to play on uh, the possibility of a big infrastructure push here to come. Uh, okay, switching to number four, and this one is Green Dot, G-D-O-T. It is 7.7% of their portfolio. They only bought it in the first quarter of 2020. It is that online banking platform. They're trying to have banking have a branchless future is what their website says. So this is one of the techie financials that is trying to innovate on the banking side. It has a PE of 25.6. And for some reason, we don't have a peg, although it does have earnings. So I'm not sure why we don't have a peg on Zax.com. But the PE, a little bit pricier because you are paying for, you know, that kind of growthy name in the financials, the, fi the fintech type of stock. Those have been hot. Has a 2.6 billion market cap. So it is on the smaller side, even though that's considered mid cap, but a small mid cap. Uh, 2020 earnings expected to be down 30.5%, but they are headed in the right direction. So analysts got a little bit too pessimistic on what was happening with them for this year. And those estimates are on the increase now over the last 90 days. So analysts now expect $1.94. They were looking for $1.54 just three months ago. They made 279 though last year, so still significantly below last year's uh, earnings there, but again, moving in the right direction. 2021, also expected to see some more growth up 19.3% to 231, but still not back to 2019's 279. So it's gonna take a little bit of time to get back there. So with this kind of company, it's all on what you're paying for those earnings, right? and you are paying 25.6 times now for the earnings. And why? Because the shares are up big, year-to-date up 112%. And this is one of the um, pandemic type of plays. If you can't go to your bank and you're that bank branch or you don't want to go there because of coronavirus, then maybe you'll switch to an online type of bank, and Green Dot is one of those. Now, over the last month with this uh 
weakness in those tech names and the growth names and these big high flyers and even the pandemic names to some extent. It's down 6.7%, but again, year-to-date's still up 112, so that's not much of a pullback. It's not even into the correction territory yet. So investors in something like Green Dot, you might want to wait and get in it when it's a little bit cheaper. These guys did get in it before the pandemic because it was Q1 2020 is when they bought into there. So they did get in it a lot cheaper, and you may want to, too, if you're a value investor. Okay, then moving on to the fifth company, it is Merit Medical Systems, ticker M as in Mary, M as in Mary, S-I, M-M-S-I. And this one is um, interesting. It makes disposable medical devices used in interventional diagnostic and therapeutic procedures in cardiology, radiology, oncology, critical care, and endoscopy. And some examples, if you're like, what, what does that mean? Think of um, inflation devices used in angioplasty and stent replacement and catheters, procedure kits, things like that. Um, Now they were an essential business during the pandemic, but they still gotta make the stuff. So manufacturing was slowed a bit because of coronavirus. And the um, elective procedures at hospitals and doctor's offices have really been hit during the the virus. Obviously, most of those shut down during the height of the lockdown period. And even though they've restarted, it's still uh, below what it is under normal conditions because people are still a little reluctant to even go to their doctor's office and get these non-critical things done. So um, revenue expected to be down this year, but earnings also expected to be down about 12.3% right now for 2020. Um, So they made $1.46 in 2019, and they're looking, why don't I have what they're looking at? Well, it's 12% below that (laughs) for 2020. Um, They are supposed to see a rebound in 2021 up 31% because presumably, oh wait, they're supposed to see $1.28 in um, 2020, but expect to see this rebound in 2021 back up to $1.69, but uh, that is going in the right direction. Over the last 60 days here too, the analysts were a little too pessimistic on what it was going to look like because no one knew what happens in a pandemic. So they just went on the air on the edge and went on the side, erred on the side of conservative uh, estimates, and now have had to uh, you know raise them because they were just too bearish. So these estimates were looking for 104 just two months ago, now looking for 128. And so that's going, again, in the right direction. It has a Zach's rank of a number two, which is the buy, because analysts are all in agreement and have been raising. Now, the shares are up in the last six months, up 39.5%, and also up 29.9% year to date. Um, But they have seen a sell-off in the last month as, again, some of these stocks that have had big runs and are a little bit more on the growthy side uh, started to see some weakness. So down 15% over the last month. But for value investors, that means they're getting more attractive to us. The PE is still on the high side here. They're still trading with a PE of 32 because 
those estimates were cut, even though they're now moving a little bit higher, but they are below what they've made in prior years. So PE has now jumped up to 32.3. This has a market cap of 2.3 billion. So it is on the small mid-size uh, side. And also on a side note, they just made a settlement, they said in their second quarter report with the Justice Department, and they had to pay $18 million to do that settlement. They're going to give us some more details. I don't, I didn't see what the details were on that, but um, you know that actually went into hit on the revenue side as well. And as I said, the elective procedures are taking a hit right now under COVID, so that's going to be a little dicey until there's a vaccine, most likely. So that's why you are seeing some of the shares, you know, pull back a bit here as even investors cashing in some of their gains and getting a little more conservative here on what they're buying. So now getting back to the original question, should you buy Starboard Value Acquisition Corp run by these value hedge fund managers? Well, one, we don't even know what company they're buying. We only know what they bought in their hedge fund, but that's just shares in the hedge fund. They're not actually like running those companies. And so I'm not sure if they're just gonna buy a share in some company, if they're gonna buy a company outright and run it. Um, it I got some good advice once when I was at my law school graduation and it was by our main speaker and he was, a lawyer for a lot of companies that were doing cool, innovative things. And he warned all of us new lawyers that just because we could be a lawyer for these innovative companies and we're putting together their SPAC or their IPO paperwork, or we're helping them with mergers and acquisitions, or we're doing their IP work, or whatever it is on that side of things, doesn't mean we can actually run those companies <laughs> or start our own and create the types of businesses that um, those you know companies are able to do. So he put a little bit of a warning in on it that just because you're in on the game somehow, doesn't mean you can actually operate the game or that you should be in charge. So I put that out there because um, just because you can invest in these companies doesn't mean you can run your own or that you know picking one company and managing that through this new type of business, means that just that one company is going to be a success. So I just listed off five in the hedge fund that uh, this this fund and these managers happen to own. But you know, if one doesn't work out real well, well, it's not gonna hit the underlying returns all that badly, right? Um, so you gotta really believe that these managers, because that's who they are, this CEO, knows what he's doing and can run this company, whatever it's going to be. So my advice is to take a look at the underlying companies that these managers are buying, because maybe they do have a good handle on what businesses are undervalued and uh, looking to move here. But you can see all that on Whale Wisdom. That's the website out there that I use to plug in Starboard and find out all of their holdings. I think they had 24 holdings currently 
in their portfolio and you can see all the moves that they're making 45 days at the end of the quarter they have to file their 13f and you can see what positions they have when they bought them approximately what they paid for it we never know exactly what price they pay because they only have to re reveal it for the quarter unless they're a, a bigger percentage shareholder then there's other regulations but if they're not then they don't even have to say like what they bought it at. So um, I don't know about you, but I got some good ideas in some of these. Now I know the SPAC thing is big right now. Bill Ackman, um, his Pershing Square Capital Management and Dan Loeb's Third Point have also recently done SPACs, but um, you know, SPACs are hot, people are buying them. I'm not sure why when I have access to all these other great companies that are focused on doing great things and I can find value in some of them, even just by looking at what they own in their underlying portfolios. And again, this isn't getting you into the starboard value hedge fund at all. This is getting you something completely different run by the guys who manage that hedge fund. So. Keep those things in mind. As a value investor, you don't have to get fancy to find value. There is there is plenty of value out there right now. It just might not be in areas you want it to be in. You may have to buy financials, energy, um, some of these out of favor guys like even this infrastructure play that was out of favor for a while. Um, but there is there are ways to buy value even to buy just an ETF value fund to get a basket of stocks um, that would reduce your risk versus just buying one of these SPACs that may only own like one company that you have no idea what it's going to be in or what it's going to be doing so keep these things in mind don't get fancy value is actually pretty easy to find and buy even just by using classic value valuations so no my answer is no you don't have to buy a SPAC like this um, but do take a look as I said at the underlying holdings of some of these SPAC managers I guess I'll call them and um, see where they think there is value in some of these underlying uh, stocks. So let me recap the underlying stocks that you might be interested in buying here. The SPAC ticker again is SVACU, but I don't recommend buying that. And the stocks are um, Norton LifeLock. That is the cheapest on a PE basis out of all these stocks at 15.8. It's NLOK. Then we had Advanced Auto Parts. That is AAP. ACOM is ACM, Green Dot, which could be interesting, especially if it pulls back some more here with a PE of 25, GDOT, and then Merit Medical Systems, MMSI. So as always, you want to be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode and then you can shoot me these questions. And then if your question is answered on the show, you'll be sure to hear it, hear what the answer is. Uh, so you can subscribe, as you know, on Spotify. And we are also on Apple Podcasts. We're on a whole bunch of other platforms, including Ghana in India. Um, just put in Value Investor Podcast into Google for, for Zach's or my name, Tracy Reinick, and you will find somewhere to subscribe to us. 
But be sure to subscribe because I will be back next week with some more value stacks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.